Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. People call me Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand Has this podcast expanded your world? I guess. It has mine. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Because, I mean, we provide it to, you know, enlighten the masses, but it also enlightens us. I enjoy researching different things that I did not know about previously. Right, yep. Learning. Learning about all this weird stuff. How do you feel about learning? I'm for it. You don't think everything you learned you should have learned like 20 years ago and you refuse to learn new things? That's not how you feel? No, but if I could have learned everything at once, that'd be cool. Well, that is the goal of this podcast. Just learn everything at to once. Reach us, to reach a point where we can just learn everything at once. Hmm. Be that knowledgeable, that educated. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you some stuff today that I did not know about. Okay. Now, pre-Celtic people of Ireland. So again, when you think of Ireland... You think of the Celtic people. So before that is quite a long time ago. Right. Yep. It's a way back. Pretty far back there. Certainly back. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be a journey, I'm just saying, through time and space, if you were to even try to venture back there. Yeah. Um, so the point is, back in the day, they would build wooden structures atop hills or mounds that they would surround with walled stone rings. Now, these stone structures would survive long after the wooden dwellings Deteriorated. Mm -hmm. Because again, duh, wood, rots. Time marches on. Stone is forever. It's a life lesson. Okay. I don't even know if that's accurate, though. (laughs) Stone is forever? I guess in my lifetime, probably, yeah. It's true, because stone is not forever. Even a drop of water can destroy stone, so it really isn't forever, forever, you know? But Yeah. So, stone is durable. Yes. All right, well, so again, these, uh, again, um, there are up to 40,000 of these rings, again, these walled stone rings, or ring forts, still left in Ireland to this day. Mm -hmm. One was said to be as old as 600 BCE. It's pretty old. Yeah, it's not new. No. Not hot off the presses. Nope. Seen some stuff. Presses are cold. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's seen some things. Now, again, like you were saying, time marches forward, society moves on. And as impressive as these constructions remained, um, locals far removed from the actual history of them and their ancestors began to place a certain reverence on them. And they'd become legendary. No longer creations of man. These stone structures would take on a supernatural allure and their building would be attributed to fairies. Cool. These ring forts? Nope. Now they were fairy forts. 
For the fairy wars. For the fairy wars. That'd want, be cool. Do you want to tell me more about those? Not right now. I mean, I'm just saying, like, which the fairy factions? Yeah. The fairy civil wars? Mm-hmm. Wars in their... The siege? The fairy fort sieges on their forts? Yeah, sure. Yep. Be a good battle. Mm-hmm. When I was putting this together, I kept thinking about True Blood, and I really didn't want to do that. Okay. Because Sookie is a fairy. Yeah, I... I... It's about when I fell off. Some of that stuff. It's a slight tangent, but it's a little bit when I fell off. But I kept thinking about Sookie hanging out in these ferret uh, ferret forts. <laughs> That's a separate thing for a different show. Different. different the ferret show. wars is a different topic. Yeah. It's a different podcast. But on the drive over here in my head, I kept hearing Bill, Vampire Bill, being like Sookie. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to drive to Zach's house. I don't want to think <laughs> about this. Uh-huh. But I did. But anyways, ferret forts. And, I mean, you really don't want to mess with them. No. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Do not do it. Don't touch them. Don't go. Don't. I mean, again, cancel all those tickets you bought. Right. Because you're not going to Ireland and playing in the Ferret Forts. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I would recommend against it because ancient curses and all sorts of weirdness were attributed to these fairy forts. Um, fairy folklore was still rampant in rural Ireland, even as such legends were fading away. Again, rural Ireland was still kind of about, you know, the fairy folklore. Um, back in the 1800s, let's just say. Okay. Um, but according to these stories, oh yeah, the fairy forts, just don't mess with them. All right. right. Stop Got that. Yep. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody listening? Don't do it. If you live in Ireland, I don't need to be telling you about your culture, but it seems to be like the general consensus. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with them. In fact, just stay far away from them. Yep. All right, so with that in mind, Bridget Boland was born February 19th, 1869 nice. in a town. Oh, go ahead. That is nice. Yeah, cool. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. It was a good year. Yep. It's always a good year. Mm-hmm. All right. And now I'm just focusing on the ball part of this town name. Bally Vadley. Bally Vadley? Sure. Bally Vadley? Sure. Bally Vadley? I don't know. County Tipperary, Ireland. And honestly, it sounds like she was kind of a badass. Okay. Um, her parents had her educated by nuns, which seems to be not what you typically do in rural Ireland. You know, they went out of their way to make sure that she was educated. smart. Yep, absolutely. Um, so again, she's extremely literate and aware of her surroundings. She was a smart cookie. Uh, again, the town she grew up in, Valley of Adley, was um, a town of about 30 people. And there's about like nine houses, I imagine. A lot of those people are family members living in similar houses. A lot of gossip, absolutely, 100%. Um, very much so, actually, in fact. Um, you know, if someone, like, heard something, it would certainly spread around the town in, like, five minutes. Just be yelling out of each other's windows. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you hear about, oh, yeah. yeah. She shouldn't have done that. Bad gas travels fast in a small town. Yeah, it does. Are you talking about Batoon? Huh? The Mad Gasser? No, that's, that's not town. what I'm talking about. That's what I was thinking about. Okay. Anyways, nobody gets gas in this episode. Other things happen. It's all fine, though. That's the point. So eventually, um, she married a Cooper named Michael Cleary 
Um, nine years her senior after dating for maybe about a month. I mean, you know, it's just a thing you do. Um, a town she's from was just outside of a bigger town, so she had went there. Mm-hmm. Um, because her parents got her in touch with a dressmaker, so she became a dressmaker's apprentice. Um, that's the profession she had when she had met Michael. And after they got married, she moved back to her small town of Ballyvadley, if that is how it is in fact pronounced, to reside with her parents. Probably to help with her sick mother because her mother was sick. Uh, Michael's job kept him from joining her right away. So while away from her husband, uh, Bridget took some serious initiative on her own behalf. She acquired a singer sewing machine, which was an A-plus appliance at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not very common, in fact, a rarity. And she also would look after her own chickens, providing her neighbors eggs, which she would deliver herself. I like the egg service. Yep. It's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Help out anyone around you. Um, she'd also put her sewing skills to the test and would move beyond dressmaking to hat making. And back then, we all know everybody needed a good hat. Always had to have a hat. Just constantly. Mm-hmm. Everyone was very pro hat. You didn't want that naked head. No. Just too much things exposed. They weren't a fan. So yeah, she was doing the darn thing. She always dressed her best, which made sense. Again, dressmaker in the clothes fashion. Yeah, it probably helps your business when everybody's like, well, she looks nice. Yeah, and a lot of things also talk about that she was very pretty. Mm-hmm. So nice, pretty, dressed, smart lady, giving out chicken eggs. This is going to go well. I'm a fan. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, it's all good. It's all uphill from here. Uh, she always dressed her best, which we talked about, because she was, in fact, a professional. And because history is what it is, that was atypical for the time, and even more so the region, and of course even more so her gender, um, because she was a woman and she didn't even live in the city. Now eventually Michael would join his wife after her mother died. She was sick, so that is how that concluded. Um, So then they would stay with her father Patrick, Patrick Boland. Because her dad was a laborer in his youth, they were all able to stay in a cottage the couple normally wouldn't be able to. Um, to live in because it was like designated for laborers like you know just it's basically talked about as being you know like fruits of the labor basically okay. laborers get to live in these places um, so it was definitely an upgrade from any other place she could have lived and then according to a book by Angela Burke we'll mention its name later the title of that book um, in 2001 the year that book was published it kind of said that no one else really wanted to live in this specific laborer's house though because Again, the house could have or would have or was built on a ferry fort. Okay. And we all know ferry forts are fine. You know, I never gave any warnings about not going there to people who live in Ireland. They know more about it than I do, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, But the internet tells me you should stay away. But no, they lived there. Anyways, moving on from that. Now, the couple were considered, again, it's all going to go fine, is my point. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing about fairy forts or houses or curses, folklore, you know, things we've talked about in this podcast before. I'm sure it's all going to go A-OK for uh, Bridget, Michael, and her whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they were happy together, despite the fact that they remained childless, which, again, was talked about a lot when I was looking this up, because it's the 1800s, people were having many children of which a good chunk would usually die. That's how humans worked out. It was a quantity game. Yeah. Beat the odds. Mm-hmm. Roll the dice. But they didn't have any, so 
positive upside. I guess there's an upside to that then. Yeah, like I mean, your kid can't die if you don't have one, so there's that. You know, mm-hmm. that's just logic. I don't know what to tell you. Really feels like they were living again outside of what society considered normal. Independent, strong, pretty, smart woman, taking care of her own business with her chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Married, no kids. Not the usual thing. Again, they were breaking all sorts of cultural norms. Bridget was into that. Okay. Into breaking norms. Yeah. Most people wouldn't do this, but one norm she liked to break, she loved visiting fairy forts. You're not supposed to do that. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Um, She may have checked out one specific fairy fort on her way to deliver some eggs to her father's cousin. Now, she was known for being infatuated with fairies and visiting their ruins. I mean, that does sound cool. Can you imagine being infatuated with folklore and legends and stories? <laughs> yeah. I, Do you I does guess, anything? I guess I can imagine that. Does that ring true? Yeah. These things always go well for the strong, independent, smart woman. Right. Who's yeah. kind of not doing what people would expect Society a woman to do. Society wants them to do. Yeah. Correct. This yeah. always goes well. It always works out fine. It'll be okay. Um... Everything goes great. But again, fairy forts are all over the place, so she'd visit them often, and again, they weren't that hard to find anyways. Yeah. Like 40,000 that we know of today, I Mm -hmm. guess, so. All right, so anyways, that date was Monday, March 4th, 1895. Now, it was a cold, snowy day, and she had walked multiple miles for her egg service, that is what I choose to call it, because it's what she had, which left her physically cold once she got home. She was a little chilly. You know, shivering. Yeah. (laughs) cold out it's cold out that's how she sounded i'm sure she started to get sick and got a nasty headache she couldn't warm up okay took a couple days to get a doctor to her her father again patrick bolin her husband michael cleary they're both trying to summon the doctor um it took a little bit he was doing doctor stuff um when he finally arrived he said she was suffering from quote nervous excitement and slight bronchitis Bronchitis, I know. Nervous excitement. I'm not entirely certain what that is. I don't know. It kind of like, oh, I have bronchitis. Probably. That's how she she got home and she's like, I need I need a blanket. Oh, I might have bronchitis. All excited, kind of nervous. Ooh. But I've got bronchitis. That's Do for I have sure. bronchitis? Mm-hmm. That's how I sound when I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. All right. Well, but that's the culprit, though. End of story, right? Sure. Or at least the summation of her sickness. It's just bronchitis. Pesky, goofy, silly bronchitis. Silly bronchitis. Oh, silly bronchitis. The normal human disease that humans get. Hmm. Now in this day and age, that day and age, not this day and age, or maybe this day and age. Anyways, you don't always know how a disease is going to progress. So a priest decided to administer last rites just in case. Good sign. Just like, you know. Didn't make anybody concerned or nervous. <laughs> Didn't make anybody have nervous excitement <laughs> yeah. about the fate of their wife, right? Yeah, maybe just a little bit of nervous, minus the excitement. Yeah, just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. The doctor said she just had bronchitis. She should make it, but here's the priest. Just in case, like, she fucking dies. Better safe than sorry. That might be a direct quote from the priest I have in here. Better quote, safe than sorry. Quote, just in case she fucking dies, better safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a cool priest. Like, oh, but father, like, well, just saying. So again, because in the 1800s, no one really knew 
or again, maybe they knew too well how, you know, a perhaps benign disease could all of a sudden be very serious and kill someone, consume them. But end of the story, it was just good old pesky bronchitis. Good. Well, that's over with. Yeah, right? So anyways, well, her husband, we mentioned him, Michael Cleary, Mm -hmm. he had a different idea. Now, perhaps, just, you know, what if the fairies had taken his wife and replaced her with a changeling? A sick changeling. Sick changeling. Because the changeling story is usually they get replaced. Mm-hmm. Then the changeling is just a doppelganger, a placeholder. It dies, gives the alibi right. as the real person lives and gets done or has done or does whatever with the fairies. Right. In fairyland. Mm-hmm. So, this is fine. It's okay, because this man doesn't believe that this thing with him is his wife. Why, why should he? I mean, she is sick. Yeah. And she was visiting fairy forts. Was mm-hmm. she taken and replaced with the changeling that is on a countdown clock to deteriorate and die? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a thing. Yep. And I mean, when you're being encouraged by someone who was considered a local fairy expert named Jack Dunn, mm-hmm. um, Jack Dunn also might have been her father's cousin. The name was used in that same passage that I had found when she was delivering eggs to her okay. father's cousin. His name was Jack Dunn. I don't know how many Jack Dunns were around back then. Um, if I had additional time, I would have dove further into it, but I feel like it's the same name and the same story. Yeah. Right? So anyways, but Jack Dunn, a fairy expert. What a cool thing to be. Um, Michael became convinced the sick woman he shared a home with was, again, not his wife. Which, Michael loved his wife. Right. He would do anything for her. Mm-hmm. For his wife. But not whatever this thing is. This thing is not his wife, according to him. Okay. So again, with it not being his wife, he became obsessed with getting her back. He loved her. Sure. So if she is in distress... She needed to be saved. Yep. Let's see how this goes. It's going to save his wife. Yeah. He's a man who is like a soul, like a white knight. Yeah. He wants to protect his lady. He wants to rescue her from the evil beings who have kidnapped her. Um, From a mental floss, well, from a mental floss article sourcing Angela uh, Burke's book, Jack to Michael. Quote, it is not your wife is there. Again, it says is, but that's how it was written. Um, his wife, it's not in there. Um, this is the eighth day, and you had a right to have gone to Ganey. Uh, Ganey was, in fact, um, well, you had the right to go to Ganey on the fifth day. So he's like three days past when he should have saw this Ganey guy. Okay. Now, who is this Ganey guy? I don't know. Well, it's a profession that I'm sure... Anyone would love to go to school for. I'm sure he did. I'm okay. sure he has a PhD in this. Okay. He was a fairy doctor. Yep. Which means... Well, I mean fairy doctors. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. He's an expert on the fairies. Okay. I guess that makes sense. It's what we normally refer to things as experts on this show. I like that. Tree our, doctors. I like that our sarcastic banter and bullshit is just like, oh, this guy is just a fairy doctor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. Does he have like a stethoscope and listens for fairies? 
Probably. Or just he just grab a stick and put it out his window and be like, ah, there's like eight fairies out there. Sprinkle this radish on your face and then it won't you get s- you. Okay. Or should I not do that? that? Is that blasphemy? Is that not I good? I don't know. I, don't, no? I just don't know how you sprinkle a radish on your face. Yeah, grind it up. Okay, sure. And then you, you mix it with a little bit of paste that you get from like a tree. People call that sap. <laughs> you know, tree paste. <laughs> okay. Crush up your radish and sprinkle You're it. You're obviously not a fairy doctor. With some, no, this is what I just, it was a lot to take in. Again, I'm on the grand journey of learning everything in one sitting with this podcast. So this is part of what I learned. Yeah. You go outside and you get some tree sap or, you know, as the professionals call it, paste. <laughs> and you grind up a radish and throw it on your face. Then you're safe from a fairy for 27 days. Interesting. Good to know. But on the 28th day, <laughs> if you don't punch yourself in the mouth, it'll come in your butt. <laughs> it's just what you're learning about fairies, man. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. I learned a lot. I guess. <laughs> that might not be true. Dennis Ganey, without even seeing the sickly Bridget, gave Michael a magic milk potion with the, quote, nine cures in it. Good. According to a history collection, yeah, I'm going to read about this shit, and you'll be like, oh, Nick's not that far off from his... No, it's all fact. According to a HistoryCollection.com article, uh, these contain foxglove, which is a plant that is toxic to people. Yep. So, you know, that's something. Mm-hmm. This is going to cure your wife. The article talked about how, like, yeah, this is probably just something to finish people off. It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Not much of a doctor. It's like, yeah, there, there might be a change. Oh, well, that's what happens with changelings. They just die. Yeah, okay. Kind of fucked up, right? What's the next one, nightshade? It's like, like low, yeah, right, seriously. Like low-key euthanasia. Yeah. Well, this person's really sick. Oh, it's a fairy. Here, Give drink, them this. Drink the magic milk. Oh, they died. Oh, that sucks. We'll have a proper Christian funeral, though. It's fine. So, you know, that's something. Also, uh, the milk was new milk. Milk taken from a cow right after it had given birth. So it was like fresh, the most purest, most nutrient-filled milk. Okay. So what you want to do is mix that with poison, is what you do. Seems, checks out. You know, normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, as she was sick, many people would visit Bridget. Hey, Bridget. How you doing? Not looking so hot. I am cold with bronchitis. <laughs> That's that nervous excitement. Yeah. We all know what that is. But uh, these visitors would soon realize... Um, That's not Bridget. <laughs> well, I mean, I think some people still thought it was Bridget. These these did sheep. You, did you guys... Did you guys give her the poison yet? Yeah, did you, I mean, been feeding her poison. Yeah, yeah, why isn't she better? <laughs> um, what they realized was that her husband had fully embraced fairy science to save her. Oh, so he's the only one in. Like everybody else is like. Mm. Other people are kind of like, like he's a he seems to be like. Uh, Michael seems to be like an intimidating character. Um, a lot of things I read, well, a couple things I was able to read, um, you know, in full for this, like Bridget was like nice and bubbly, like a pleasant, like, again, like a badass, nice, sweet, very personable. Michael was kind of like quiet, sullen. There might've been an, it seems like there was nothing said there was an aura about him, but there seems to be like an intimidation factor. Like he seems to be like a, a guy who's like, you can f- maybe perhaps feel the confidence come out of him, even, no matter what he's saying, mm-hmm. whether it's based in nothing, he perhaps portrays a convincing um, narrative about his beliefs and things. So they're like, 
I don't know if Bridget is. She's cooler than you. Yeah, I don't know. And again, he's like an older guy, so maybe there's a little bit of that weirdness baked in. Okay. So like, I mean, she's 26 and he, oh no, well the thing was he, again, she married him when she was 17, so there's also that. Yeah. So there's, you know, so who knows what kind of weird stuff, like chips on his shoulder or whatever's baked in here, I don't know, but um, he was determined um, to save his wife. Okay. And he gave off the, you know... The essence of being, you know, believing what he was doing. Now, a few weeks ago, I presented you with a bizarre episode on mythic humanoids. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about some spriggans, some changelings. Right. Now, I presented you, uh, remember that poem? No. Where, like, a kid was taken? Oh, yeah. And the mother was getting, wanted the kid to come back? Yeah. And uh, how did the mother um, treat that changeling to get the fairy? Oh, she beat the shit out of it. To give back um, her child. Yeah, well, anyways. That didn't work. That's something to think about. <laughs> well, that got the child back, though. The oh, fairies gave the kid back in yeah, that poem. Right, right, obviously. But the thing that was the uh, the changeling didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. Might have even been murdered. Anyways. Michael was force-feeding his wife the magic potion. Um... It tasted awful. Can't imagine. It's just like poison. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Uh, so she refused um, to drink it. So she had to be restrained by three of her cousins. That's fun. So she's being held down. And again. Force fed poison. It's This isn't exactly what this is, but we all know what this sounds like. It's an exorcism. Well, In a way, I mean, she's sure. confined to a bed. There's a man... Well, I, well, there's a man who loved her. Um, he loved his wife, though, and this thing wasn't his wife. So he said cool things like this, quote, Take it, you witch, or I'll kill you! Jeez. So there's that. Yep. Those are things he was saying. Because during this whole thing, like, there's always like lots of people around. There's lots of witnesses. Yeah, I didn't have the time. It's a small town. I didn't have the time. Yeah, so like a third of the town is in there watching this madness. Yeah. And then All right, let's get 10% of our population to hold her down. Mm. Got it. Oh, and we're all related? Of course we are. Great. Um, so, again, um, there's all these, like, things I could have dove into, like, actual, like, it's, again, I would really love to read the entire book, and perhaps other places have even told parts of this story in visual manners or other audio manners. Okay. Um, but, again... Michael was screaming at his wife as she was restrained by her cousins, and he was pouring poison down her throat to save her because, in his mind, this was not his wife. Away with you! Come home, Bridget Boland, in the name of God! He was viciously screaming and shaking her. That's good. Um, they also threw urine on her. Oh. Again, it's just fairy science. Okay. Right? Like, my radishes seem, don't seem so bad now, do they? They're just throwing piss on her. Yeah. We gotta save my wife. We gotta get her back from the fairies. Hey, Benny, go over there and piss in this cup. Let's dump it on your face. Well, do I have to do it in the cup? You don't, don't just whip it out and piss on her. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't seem to be going well. Some other cousin walks in and he's just like spraying her with his pants down. Oh, God. I mean, it's actually not funny to joke about because this actually happened. This isn't one of those made-up things we sometimes talk about. Yeah. Nothing that we ever talk about is made up. But this is not like any of those hypothetical made-up things we would ever talk about. Um... 
So yeah, good. I'm glad I put this in here because this is, at this point I felt this when I was writing. Um, yes. In all seriousness, what I'm describing is absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's vulgar. It's morbid. It's full of debauchery that deserves like no laughs or chuckles because like, the fuck, man. Yeah. But again, he Michael allegedly, I'm going to throw that in here, believes this is not his wife. So he starts yelling more things and he's asking things. This is what reminds me of like an exorcism type of a situation. He asked uh, his wife to answer this question three times. Are you Bridget Bolin, wife of Michael Cleary in the name of God? So she's like answering, but then like, she's not because like, they just threw piss at her and they're shaking her and and making her her drink poison. And she's just like, make it stop. What is going on? Um, But there's other ways to, um, you know, scare changeling. And perhaps summon. What? What? Do we got to like, why don't we just stick her with a fire poker or something? Hey, that's cool that you mentioned that. But then they held her over a fire to see if this would scare the fairy away. And they were also threatening her with a hot fire poker as well. Oh, perfect. Um, Yeah, so good. Right on cue. Um, friends who had witnessed this because they would just like walk in to check in hey, on how Bridget's Bridget, doing. How you do? Oh they, God! Whoa, ah, it's like oh no. Yeah, Bridget was. They could see um, one of her cousins. I think it was Johanna. Um, was her name? She gets. She matters later too. Um, again, a lot of people saw lots of things and they had a lot of things to say. Um, after this happens and everything works out fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, Bridget was burned by a poker that she was being threatened with. Good. I already mentioned. Oh, now they would eventually this day put Bridget to bed after this horrendous All right, experience. I have to go to sleep now. Yeah, and again, just like I'm and, not going to burn you while you're sleeping, so no. you're fine. Because everybody, one of the things I mentioned that it, it seemed like cathartic. Like everybody basically is like, "Well, we did that, so that's done." Bridget's exhausted. She's quiet. They're like, "Okay, well, we did." You know how Bridget like did the thing of like she's becoming, not as friendly as she used to be. No, she's not. Um, but you know how Bridget did the thing of like. She, like, became an educated woman and, like, did all this cool stuff and became an expert in many trades, you know, caring for hens and making clothes and hats. Uh-huh. Uh, well, they thought they did a pretty good thing by, you know, with everything I just described. They were pretty pleased with themselves. Okay. So, like, when she first had bronchitis or, you know, was mis- we'll just say misdiagnosed when she was actually a changeling, just in case, like, there's a priest there and he... Basically, like, cleansed the air of evil, did this, you know... Is this doctor still in town, or did things? like, have to bail? I think he's around. I think he's around. He's got things to do, but I think he's around. So, yeah, like I just mentioned, everybody seemed real proud of themselves. But it also seems they genuinely believed, at least the people physically restraining, or quote, you know, this is my quote, myself, blessing uh, Bridget, that she was, in fact, a changeling. So they thought that things were pretty cool. Okay, so that happened. Okay. Bridget would like spend the next like eleven days in bed, like just not doing anything. Well, what are you gonna do? She's you know probably scared to move or do anything. Yeah. Or uh, you know being held prisoner in her own home. Basically assaulted by her husband and her relatives. It's yeah. Not not a good thing to have happen to you. Nope. Um. So eleven days would pass before she would even get out of bed and start to act like a normal person. She got dressed fancy as always. And some relatives, including her cousin Johanna, had come over for tea, for conversation. Just pretend everything's normal. Yeah, just, it's fine. Everything's great. During one of these visits, uh, you know, her relatives questioned how she was doing. It's just an honest question to ask. Yeah. Bridget, how you doing? Yeah. Are you all right? 
Um, and she would say um, that her husband was, quote, trying to make a fairy of her. So she's like, this man, yeah. this man thinks I'm a fairy. I'm mm-hmm. just his fucking wife. Yep. Well, she would say these things also, um, you know, around Michael. And he would tell her to hold her tongue. So again, this intimidating, yeah, kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. Kind of does a lot of work in that sentence I just said. He's kind of a bad guy. Yep. Kind of not great. But his side of the story would be, I'm just trying to help my wife. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her back from these fairies. I have this fucking monster in the house. Meanwhile, his wife's like, I'm your wife. Yeah. I just got sick for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you tortured me. Now, at some point during one of these visits, um, or potentially the same visit, uh, Bridget wanted some milk. You know, a thing no normal human would ever want. Only fairies want milk. Because it's like a legend that fairies like crave milk. Okay. So like, even if that's true, you know, maybe humans and fairies could both drink milk. Right. But no. Because this is a fairy specific thing, Michael just, it set him off even more. He's getting more angry, more pissed. He's just like, this isn't my fucking wife. It's a goddamn changeling. Yeah, and uh, are we positive she wasn't just being sarcastic and messing with him? I don't know. Have you? <laughs> I don't know. Are people sarcastic? Or is that just a fairy thing? <laughs> is it a fairy demeanor? Being a little smart-assy? Yeah. So he started questioning her. Again, there's a bunch of people over visiting. With all guests still around... If she was who she said she was, quote, are you Bridget Boland, wife of Michael Cleary, in the name of God? She got sick of this, his abusive tirade and refused uh, to answer. And then during their argument, she said, quote, your mother used to go with the fairies, and that is why you think I am going with them. What does that mean? It's like trash talk. Or like maybe his mother like ran off or going to the woods. I didn't have a chance to dive too much into that, but these are things that I can't like... Maybe there was like a legend with his mother or something, like some, again, small towns, gossip. Mm -hmm. Maybe his mother would go off and do God knows what. Okay. Well, after that, he hit her. So there's that. That'll fix it. Yeah. Smack. That's what you you did. Yeah. Again, the guests, relatives still around. Well, they were like, well, look at the time. This just got awkward. We got to get out of here. But Michael wouldn't let them leave. Well, that's great. He locked the door and like barricaded them in. What the fuck? He trapped them in the house. So they were like, ah, we're going to go hide in the fucking bedroom. Yeah, what? Um, and they might have seen part of this. Again, some tellings were kind of sketchy. I wanted to get more into this. Um, that's my caveat. Um, so they might have seen a, bar, a part of or a lot of what I'm about to describe to you. Um, again, everything is fine. They're a happy couple. Going great. Yeah, she's with edu- their guests terrified and hiding in the next room. She's an educated woman. It's all fine. So totally unhinged, Michael proceeded to beat Bridget and strip her of her strip her. He ripped off all of her clothes to her chemise, just like underwear. I would sure. Yeah. Um, he tried to get her to eat three pieces of bread and jam. It's a weird thing to do. It's because he's like, all right, are you a human? Gotta eat this bread and jam. 
So yeah, he's stripping his wife down to her undergarments and just beating the shit out of her. And then trying to give her Trying to make her to eat bread. food, right, as like her relatives are around. Perhaps peeking out of the door behind the hallway. Again, these houses aren't fucking huge either, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, they're just like right over there. It's like, oh my god. Hmm. Well, she ate two and kept resisting on the third piece, so he rammed his knee into her chest and shoved it down her throat. Jeez. Quote, if you won't take it down, oh, if you won't take it down, you will go. So he's like throwing her on the ground. He also bashed her head into the ground. So he's like shaking it back and forth. Again, there's people around. So like everyone's just like watching watching this this? happen. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming they're in shock. And like, I don't know what old timey shit between like a wife and her husband is involved in this bullshit. But like, they're just all like watching him like mutilate his wife. Yeah. That's not great. So they hid in the bedroom and they could hear like her head bashing against the ground. Um, she pleaded to have him give her another chance because at that point you're just trying to make the beating stop. Yep. Um, what did we talk about earlier? If you're not going to use the poison, what other way could you like scare a changeling or like threaten it? Well, from the poem that we talked about before, you beat it. You do, but what about the fire though? Oh, that. Yeah, well, um, so he pressed her closer to the fire. Again, it's fairy science. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all she is wearing is her undergarments, the chemise. Okay. It's not very thick fabric. I mean, isn't that better if you're getting really close to a fire? Well, it catches on fire. Oh, that doesn't seem good. Bridget is now on fire. Mm. Michael's watching Bridget burn. Oh, he's just watching now. Well, yeah, and then he dumps lamp oil all over her. Okay. <laughs> he said something when this is going on. She's not my wife. She's an old deceiver set in place of my wife. And everybody's still just watching. Oh, the relatives were marooned in the bedroom. They couldn't really escape because the flames got pretty high and hot and big and the relative was burning alive. Yeah. Uh, Michael ignored the negotiations to, you know, put out the fire and save his wife. I mentioned already that this isn't a big house. And once they totally came out because the flames had like diminished because I'm assuming there wasn't much left to burn. Um, what they witnessed was again, nothing funny and pure horror. Um, but with the deed done, Michael had shrouded Bridget's body in a sheet and crammed it in a bag. Hmm. He stressed that it wasn't his wife. Um, he then, uh, yeah, he then left the house and he was leaving. He trapped everyone inside so they couldn't escape. So they're in there with just their, with deceased Bridget shoved in a bag, shoved in a bag with like a thing over her head. Um, and he left for a while. And when he returned, he told everybody he dug a hole for this changeling and threatened one of Bridget's cousins, Patrick Kennedy, with a knife to help bury the body or else. So he had went out and dug like a a grave, Mm -hmm. whatever that consists of. Mm -hmm. Most likely not very deep. Um, so then they went out, him and, uh, cousin... Basically, yep. through her body, it's like a bog, basically. So she, that's where he 
soft soil, whipped her in there. Um, and then when they returned from hiding, Michael made all the family members vow to keep this a secret. Because, uh, yeah, that's going to work. Yeah, what? <laughs> well. Don't tell anybody. The next day, Michael basically went insane. He wasn't already? Valid point, right? Yeah. Valid point, right? Mm-hmm. The man is off his rocker. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to confess to a priest, uh, but the priest kind of thought he was a fucking lunatic. He's like, what? Yeah. But don't worry, when he was at the church, he was with the fairy master, Jack Dunn. Good. That guy's who also around. talked about like Michael burning his wife. And he was saying stuff like, I was like to the priest, um, he's like, I just like, they just got to get the body and we got to give her like a proper Christian funeral. And the priest is like, what? Nah. So he did kill his wife? She's out in the woods? Mm-hmm. What? Um, so, the, so then the priest was like, ah, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to tell the police. That's fair. He did that. Um, so, but for three days, like Michael kind of like went off on his own. He like vanished. Just for the three days. And supposedly he sat by the ferry fort waiting for his wife to be returned to him because he killed the changeling. So his wife's supposed to come back. She's now. supposed to be delivered because that's like gets the gets the ferry to the be deal. like to relent and be like, well, all right. Mm-hmm. Here she's back now. He's waiting for her to come back on a white horse. Um, but she never came. Interesting. I wonder why. Uh, yeah, because I think she's dead in the bog. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, there was a trial, which if anyone would like to dive into that, that's like all the testimonies, the accounts, it's all like out there, huh. this madness. Um, so there was a trial and in 1895, um, Michael, Jack Dunn, Patrick Boland, which the only Patrick Boland I read about it's a dad. was her father. Yeah. Unless like one of her brothers was also named that. Could be. It's my fault for not digging deeper into that. I acknowledge that. But the story was too wild, and I needed to talk about it with you. Um, yeah, so her father, maybe, and four of her cousins were convicted of manslaughter. Um, Michael was convicted, um, so was sentenced to 20 years, but he was let out after 15. Okay. Because they, uh, they insist, the judge, they insisted it was manslaughter because they believed, like, all these people genuinely believed that, like, they thought she was a changeling. So they're like, well, you still killed her, but like, it wasn't like murder. You're trying to get your wife. Okay. Sure. I just imagine seeing that courtroom being like a normal person. Be like, what the, <laughs> f- what the fuck? Yep. You're like 20 years is, I guess, a good amount. But like, what? So he, uh, yeah, he got out in 1910 and then he moved to Montreal. Uh, Dunn got three years for, I guess, just, you know. Being an asshole. Yeah. Hey, man. My wife is sick. That ain't your fucking wife, dude. Yeah. That's actually a monster that you should fucking take care of. Yeah. We should feed it poison. Yeah, I got some foxglove. Oh, cool. Quote from Michael. God knows I would never do it but for Jack Dunn. It was he who told me my wife was a fairy. I just like, you know the thing, like if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you? If, mm-hmm. if somebody just tells you your wife's a fairy, you're just going to believe him? I guess. I guess so. Now, here's some of the sources. Um, the Burning of Bridget Cleary, a true story by Angela Burke. That's why I didn't tell you the story of the uh, 
title of that book earlier. Uh-huh. Um, you know, The Burning of Bridget Cleary, A True Story by Angela Burke, um, via some quotes and sources from Wikipedia. And then The Bizarre Death of Bridget Cleary, The Irish Fairy Wife by Maria J. Perez Cuervo. That's the article from Mental Floss. Historycollection.com had... Um, The charred remains of Bridget Cleary were found in a bog and opened up a chilling investigation involving fairies by Natasha Sheldon. That's a great title. Do you like yeah. that one? That's a banger. Yep. And then uh, also the Cleary Changeling of Ireland, uh, Monsters Ireland True Crime. Um, that was written by Hector Navarro. Now, I talked about, we talked about the Mythic Humanoid episode where like, was this just an excuse to like, like kill kids, you know, because there's a lot of kid killing in that one. Yeah. But how a lot of kids eating a lot, we you know poor, couldn't feed the kid. This mm-hmm. kid's ravenous; it just doesn't stop eating. Oh, we better kill it. Oh, it was a changeling, so I didn't yep. really commit murder. I just I, don't have to feed a kid. Yep. So there's that. I mean, this one just sounds kind of like a just a good old witch burning back in the day, right? Like, then, oh, that girl's smart. She said something I didn't like. She's probably a witch. Did he get frustrated with his, like, his, you know, quote-unquote uppity wife, you know? Like, yeah. was he bothered by it that she was doing all this cool stuff and he's, like, nine years older? Was there some of that cooked into that? Had you heard this story before? Yeah, kind of. Because I realized after I put it together, like, oh, it was also filmed for parts. There might have even been a movie made about it that I don't have the title of right now. That's on me. Um, But, like, it was a lore episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I think it was when they were filming like reenactments for lore. It was one of the ones that was filmed. Um, but I came across it when I was putting together the Mythic Human episode, and of course didn't have time to deal with it then. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to kind of you know at least approach it. But then when I'm like, oh, lore did it. Well, then we hadn't done it. Right. So like it's was, again, want to learn everything. It was new to me. Um. But yeah, so like a, a lot of the stuff I talk about too. Like, did he suspect his wife of cheating? There was, like, rumors she might have been seeing a guy, like, when she was out delivering eggs or whatever, roaming about the town. Again, independent woman taking care of her own business. Right. I'm sure she was wearing pants, too. You know, can't have that either. Or was she riding a bicycle? You know, it just says she walked around, but I'm just saying, like, independent woman doing her thing. Right. Um, Because I guess when, um, you know, Michael was, like, waited his three days, he was, like, trying to maybe escape to America. But then, like, didn't, because maybe couldn't figure it out or whatever, or just didn't do it. Um, but, yeah, was he just, like, pissed at his wife and used this as an excuse to try and get away with it? I mean, kind of seems off like, because, like, yeah. The superstitions of the rural people? Because it seems like he was from the city, so if he's just, like, playing off stuff, again, I don't know more than what the man did, but what the man did was murder his fucking wife. Right. So that's not good. No. Not a huge fan of that. Nope. Probably one of the worst things you could do, you know, commit murder. Because she's got bronchitis. And man, my wife's sick. Dude, that's not your wife. That's a fairy monster. Your wife was hanging out with the fairies, getting ready for the fairy wars. They drafted your wife. You got to get her back. Yep. So what do I do with this thing in my house? Oh, you got to, you know, you got to do. Have a drink this fucking poison. Yeah, if you kill the fairy, the fairy gives your wife back. It's just science. Yeah. Go see the fairy doctor. He'll give you some goods. Hmm. 
So yeah, whatever the reason was for what Michael did, whether he believed that she was a changeling or he's just a fucking asshole, I mean, you know, I think I kind of know which one I'm leaning towards. Um, it's just a terrible person. Sounds like it. Again, whatever the reason was, he did in fact murder his wife. Which goes to show, I mean, as is often the case, man is in fact the real monster of the world and this show. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was uh, the terrible thing that happened to Bridget Cleary. And the monster that was her husband named Michael. Yep. It's, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's uh, not great. No. And I usually, you know, again, we, we mention them once in a while when something we think maybe stands out, like, you know, just actual murder, because mm-hmm. we're not a true crime podcast. But, like, right. sometimes those things, when you weave in the superstitions and the bullshit, it becomes this other kind of horrifying nightmare. It's like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yep. But, uh, so, yeah, that's the uh, tragedy of uh, Bridget Cleary. I'm just trying to think of a way to spin out of that. But there's no good way to do that. Not really. No. But... Because I was also thinking about, like, another thing about these kinds of stories is, like, the only reason why we know her name is because she suffered immeasurably. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. Especially many... since she seemed to be doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, she seemed to be into it. Yeah, she's got her stuff going on. It's just awful. But, uh, yeah, um, if you want to reach out to us, if you have an awful story, we'd love to hear about it. At weirdandfearpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, support the show any way you can. Leaving reviews is awesome. That's cool. It pushes things up. You know how that works. And we all know how the internet works. Or do we, though? Or is that just another kind of fairy science? Probably. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, but yeah, support the show. Patreon.com slash weirdandfeared, where we keep on um, talking bonus content behind the veil. And just, again, just... Listen to the show. Tell people you're listening to this crazy show about crazy things. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. We can all educate each other together. I like that as a goal. We're all learning together. Yep. All right, guys. One thing we've learned from a bunch of these years in this show is that, as always, especially in the month of October, when spooky stories are paramount, you got to stay spooky. Oh, yeah. Stay spooky. <laughs>